Hello and welcome back to Cool Gems. Or welcome if it's your first time here. I'm Jelin, and this is a space where we come together to talk about dramas. That's it. That's that's what the podcast is about. All movies. We did talk about Exit a couple of weeks back. ASMR moment. Go listen to it if you haven't. Dude, I think that's creepy. <laughs> Anyways, back to the point. See, I don't have a script today. Not that I usually script my、um, episodes. I don't, but I do have a plan of what I want to talk about, all the thoughts that I have about the drama that I just need to get off my chest. And today I am doing absolutely none of that. I don't know how this is gonna turn out. It looks like a train wreck right now. <laughs> If you're still here, thanks for joining me today. I am very excited to talk to you about this drama, Young Blood, or in Mandarin, Da Song Xiao Nian Zhi. I've been really interested in Chinese dramas for some reason. After I watched、um, The King's Avatar, oh man, I hope the episode about King's the <laughs> I can't talk. No, I was saying, I hope the episode about the King's Avatar will be out by the time this episode goes out because otherwise, you know, <laughs> you you would have no idea what I'm talking about. I watched the King's Avatar like a couple of weeks back, maybe a month or two ago, and it was fantastic. I loved it, and it was my first ever Chinese drama. And then I got into Chinese dramas. Like it's just a whole other world, you know. Okay, dramas. I still love you. I still love Record of Youth. I'm still watching that. It's fantastic, but my heart has expanded to this other universe now. <laughs> Chinese dramas, and it's so much fun. There's so much to watch. This is not helping my procrastination at all. I just have more distractions now from my, you know, assignments and stuff. <laughs> This is such a bad idea. Where was I? See, this is what happens when I don't have a script. I just go completely off tangent and completely forget what I'm supposed to be talking about. So let's just get back to the main topic, Young Blood. This was just such a fantastic drama. I mean, if you've been around before, you know I'm not a huge historical drama person. I feel like I've said that so many times by now that it doesn't even sound real because I'd say that I'm not huge on history and then go off and watch some historical related drama, but it's true. It was not my favorite subject in school. I do not seek out historical dramas usually. No offense to anyone who does. You know, it's just preferences. But this one, I was really in- intrigued because it was about spies, and I love spies. Like I love love spies. I don't know if I've said this, but I, when I was younger, I used to read like a lot of spy stories, and I used to want to be a spy. Not like in real life, because that would be tough. I feel like I would have been the worst spy ever if I was actually a spy. But yeah, not in real life. But like, it was one of those things, you know. If if like I were to play pretend, I would want to pretend to be a spy. You know what I mean? Like I loved spy-related stuff, and I still do. So when I saw that this drama was about spies, I was just my interest was just peaked. I was like, I gotta check this out. But even then, I wasn't fully committed to it. I was like, I'm just gonna, you know, take a look because it's historical drama. I'm not sure if I'm gonna like it. So we checked it out one day when I was working out because I need something to drown out the pain, you know, <laughs> and. I I liked it, so I kept going, and somehow, forty episodes just went by in the blink of an eye. It's forty episodes, right? 
Oh, it was 42. Well, close enough, right? See, I can't remember stuff like that. I can't remember numbers, I can't remember years, and that's why I can't do history. But yeah, 42 episodes went by in the blink of an eye. It was just binge-watching just all throughout this drama, and now I'm pretty sad that it has ended because I really want more. I heard there's gonna be a season 2 in 2022, was it? Yeah, that was right. Good job, good job for remembering. Can't remember a thing related to, you know, my major, but that's fine because I remember everything related to this drama. Right, says the person who just forgot the number of episodes in this drama. Anyways, <laughs> I'm gonna put up my spoiler warning here in case you just wandered in and you haven't actually seen this drama. Um, we will be talking about what happens in this drama, so if you haven't seen it, go watch it and then come back and we can talk about it then. If you haven't been turned off by all my all of my <laughs> ramblings, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Let's get into the details now. Okay, there's something I really need to start with because this has been plaguing me all week and I just need it. I just need to say it, okay? The ending. Like why? Why did they kill off his older brother? Yuan Boqi, right? Why why kill him off? I mean, they had this whole thing about um, Yuan Zhongxing having like no family members aside from his older brother who has been protecting him all his life, who has been taking care of him. And they built up such a beautiful relationship between the brothers and then they just killed him off? His only family member? <laughs> Why? The worst thing is that I actually knew it was coming. Like the whole build up to that last um, episode, to that last moment. Like, I knew what's coming because Yuan Boqi just didn't really have, you know, the the zeal for life anymore. He just, he just wanted to avenge those deaths so desperately that you just knew he was just, go he was just going to die. But I just was hoping against hope, I guess. I was just hoping that it wouldn't happen. And I and I told my friend, because she's actually watched this drama before I have, and I was telling her, like, dude, I just feel like the brother's gonna die. Please don't tell me, please don't confirm this, but I just feel like he's gonna die, and I am not looking forward to that. And then, lo and behold, I watched the last episode, and he died. And I know Yuan Zhongxing like has his new family so to speak now with the Tai, you know the seven section section seven uh the section seven members but i was literally so heartbroken because you know throughout this whole drama you're made to feel for yuan zhongxing he's our main character right he's the lead he's the hero in this drama you know they painted such a bleak childhood for him he was tortured, he was not accepted, we know that he was very lonely, he didn't really have any friends. And the one sole light that he had in his life was his brother, and now he is gone. And that was so, so sad. But I guess the thing that bothers me, the thing that I want to talk about more is that I feel like the drama just kind of like brushed that under the carpet. You know what I mean? Like... We saw Yuan Zhongxing send his brother off, you know, laying him to rest. But then it progresses really quickly to him getting together with Zhao Jian. And I'm not saying that that's not okay. 
I'm just saying that personally as a viewer, I felt like I didn't really have enough time between those two very distinctly different um, situations and moods. So it was very uh, strange for me to just see this very heartbreaking and sad moment um, cut into something that is very sweet and happy and romantic all of a sudden. And I'm not saying that those two emotions cannot coexist, just that it was, it felt like there wasn't enough closure, you know? And I know that Yuan Boqi is not one of the main characters, but because he was such an important figure in Yuan Zhongxing's life, I thought, you know, that I guess that there would be something bigger for that it would mean something bigger to Yuan Zhongxing. And I'm sure it's just that we didn't really get to see that part because the drama had to wrap up. But that one moment really got to me, I guess, because I was very invested in the relationship that he had with his brother because I was so sold on this story of young Yuan Zhongxing having like absolutely no one on his side except his brother and so the ending really got me. I don't know, what do you think? Did you think that it was um, strange? Or did you like the pacing? Because you may like it, I don't know. Speaking of Yuan Zhongxing's past though, I feel like we didn't really get to see much of it I mean, I know the drama alluded to it being not very happy. We know that he was tortured and mistreated. We know that his mother passed on. We know that he didn't have much as a child. He was very poor. He had to fend for himself a lot. But I feel like I would have liked to see more of it because I want to see how he grew up, you know? I want to see little Yuan Zhongxing go and hang out with the ruffians of the city and find his way around the city and cheeky little Yuan Zhongxing trying to scam people out of their money. That would have been funny. But it's fine, we probably did not have time for that. I mean, there was so much... You know, this is a thing that really surprises me about Chinese dramas because I'm so used to watching Korean dramas with their 16 episode um, runtime. And Chinese dramas are like 40 episodes. Initially, I was thinking like, how is it possible for a, a drama to go on for 40 episodes? What are you going to talk about? But there's so much storyline, there's so much character development that it's it's a blast and it's really fun and it goes by in the blink of an eye, like I said. So I feel like if they had gone into, you know, his childhood or even more about the backgrounds of the other characters because I'm actually really interested to know like Cao Jing's background and Wang Quan's, you know, relationship with his family. I feel like there wasn't enough time to cover all of these even though we had 42 episodes. And that's why I think I wish this drama was longer because I would have wanted to see all of that. I genuinely am very invested in these characters, so I want to see more. Speaking of family relationships and backgrounds and that sort of stuff though, I feel like what we have seen has been very interesting. Like Zhao Jian's father, you know, I thought that at first they were setting up her dad to be somewhat of a very patriarchal, um, stern guy who, who imposed all these different restrictions on her. But it turned out that he was a very sweet, funny guy. And I mean, of course, there were restrictions uh, of that time, you know, that Zhao Jian was actively fighting against and we saw a lot of that. 
But her father was very supportive of her, you know, throughout the whole journey,、uh, it seems. And he just wanted what's best for her. And it was really sweet. And he's such a funny guy, you know. That one scene where he was telling Yuan Zhongxing to kneel, and Yuan Zhongxing wouldn't. So Zhao Jian's father, who is the prince, knelt down and said, "Like that," still gets me because I just found that hilarious. He was so charming. He was so cute. I hope we get to see more of him in season two. By the way, did Zhao Jian's princess status catch you off guard, or is it just me? I didn't know. I had no idea that Zhao Jian was a princess. I mean, there was Yane, right, Junior Wei, who、um, got recognized all the time for his status, for who his dad was. But surely a princess would be more recognized, since you know she's part of the royal family. But no one ever stopped to address her as princess. So that was really, really surprising to me. And even more surprising is the fact that. These rich aristocratic families were all right to send off their children to become spies. Like that is so dangerous a job. I mean, I know Zhao Jian didn't exactly get her dad's permission, but Yane and Wang Quan were just there. And what about Xiao Jing? Like, where are her parents? Well, I know that Yane's dad tried to pull him out later on, but I mean, I just. How they even allowed their kids to get involved in the first place? You know, today I was actually planning to go for like a calming、um, podcast episode, but then I got too excited about the drama that is just. I'm sorry, the excitement cannot be contained. It's so loud too. You should see the waveforms here. It's like gradually getting louder and louder. So you probably have to turn down your volume as the episode progresses. Sorry about that. Where was I? Right, I was very shocked that she turned out to be a princess, considering the fact that nobody ever brought that up. Or if they have, I must have missed it. And also, if she is a princess, right? She is of royal blood. Why is it that Wang Quan's father did not allow him to marry her anymore? Because she obviously is of a very high status. You don't just lose your princess status, right? So why did Wang Quan's father try to call off the engagement? I don't get that part. Can we also just talk about Cheng's family for a second? Because that was so surprising that his parents turned out to be like warrior ninjas or something. They were so good. They were meant to look like really frail and scared and weak. But then they turned out to be like super hero esque, you know? They were so badass. Fighting skills aside, though, I just love watching Xue Ying's family. Like it's just so wholesome, you know? It was so sweet. Of course, there was some conflict at first, but then later on, it was just really sweet, and I enjoyed that a lot. In fact, I enjoyed all the other moments that the drama spent on developing or telling us about the other characters'、um, family or backgrounds. I mean, I love Yuan Zhongxing and I love Zhao Jian, but I really love the other characters too. And it was so much fun getting to know the other characters. Yane's relationship and his whole arc about becoming mature.、Um, Not hiding behind his father's status anymore. I love that. 
sharing, learning that status does not define you and that you can live a life that you want to live. That was beautiful. Wang Quan, I feel like we didn't get to see very much of him. It's just his relationship. Which I feel like it's a, a little bit of a pity because he seems like such a smart guy. I honestly thought that he would become Section 7's leader because he's so intelligent, he's so well-read. But they kind of just did not showcase too much of his skills. I mean, I know he had some moments, but I would have loved to see more of his skills. Xiao Jing, too, had a very interesting history. Oh, I just cracked my knuckles. <laughs> No, she has a very interesting history and a very interesting background and I feel like we didn't have much time to explore her family history and all that stuff um, but maybe we'll get to see that in season 2. One last thing I want to talk about, I mean there's actually so much more I want to talk about but I think if I keep going we'll just be here all day, <laughs> all week maybe. So I'm just gonna leave with this one last thing, and that is Stephen Zhang's acting. Zhang Xincheng, is that what he's more commonly known as? Because I don't know any of these actors that well, because, you know, I came from a history of watching K-dramas. But he is so good. Like, he is able to convey all of the serious moments, I would say. The moments where you cry, the moments where you get really intense, you know? Will you get really intense if you get intense watching a drama? No, the really intense moments. He is able to deliver all of that so well, but he's also able to swing to the other side, you know, in the more comedic moments, the more humorous um, instances. He just portrays it so well. I'm a fan now. I was just asking my friend the other day, like, what of his dramas would you recommend? Because I want to watch, I want to watch more of him. If you have any recommendations of his dramas, send them to me on Twitter or Instagram at CoolGensPod, okay? Because I will check them out as soon as I have time, but I will check them out. I might even just check out all of his dramas because why not, right? I saw that he did one on skating and one on music, and I mean, you know that I do music, so that caught my attention. But I also love skating, so that is a huge um, interesting thing for me. Alright, I think I've blabbered on for long enough, even though I still have so much more to say, like about how Yuan Zhongxing almost never wins when he's fighting. I mean, when he fights against, like, regular soldiers and stuff, he's good, but then he almost never wins against, like, anyone else. Not that it's a bad thing. I found it really endearing, actually, because... He's not one of those characters that's just good at everything. Even though he's still really good and could probably take me in a fight in like 5 seconds, no problem. No, but I find it really interesting because his brother is so good. I mean, we saw that fight that Yuan Boqi had with, um, what's his name? Liang Zhu. I just Google translated that. Oh my gosh, what a disgrace. <laughs> But you know, we know that Liang Zhu is a really good fighter. He is so good. I don't need to prove that to you because if you're listening to this, you have seen the drama by now. And we saw early on in that fight scene that Yuan Boqi had with Liang Zhu that Yuan Boqi didn't even have to move, you know? He was just standing still with one arm behind his back and he could fight perfectly with 
uh, Liang Zhu, and Yuan Zhongxing learned how to fight from his brother, right? The drama talked about that. So personally, when I was watching the drama, I was kind of wondering why he wasn't better, like why he wasn't a super ninja fighter warrior person, considering he did get some fighting classes while he was at the secret repository. Okay, but he's not bad. I mean, he can take on soldiers, and soldiers are trained to fight. So he's probably really good, it's just not highlighted as his biggest strength, I would say. Overall, you know, I love this drama. I think it's a fantastic drama. It was so much fun. It was definitely not what I expected um, because, you know, again, not a huge historical person and this was so much fun. Learned a little bit more about the history of China, which I've never thought about or learned about before. So that was really interesting. What about you? What was your favorite moment in this drama? Who is your favorite character? I have a soft spot for Tinga. I know he is the enemy, but I don't know. I just something about him just... I kind of feel for him, I think. Wait, you know what? I just remembered that he was pretty cruel, so that is no, no, no go. Um... I take that back. I take back what I said about having a soft spot for him. It's just the soft story got to me, you know, his bad relations with his father. That got to me, so... But no, 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 no. What was that? <laughs> Sounds like I was trying to sing something, but just going horribly off tune. That wasn't even a funny analogy. See, I don't understand how many podcasters are able to deliver their content with like humor because that's not me but you don't come here for the last you anyways i am rambling as you can tell no script so it's just coming out of my brain unfiltered but yeah what do you think of this drama i really do want to know what you think of this drama or any other drama that i've talked about in this podcast let me know at CoolGemsPod on Twitter or Instagram. Let me know what you think will happen in Season 2. Or what you want to see in Season 2. Also, let me know if you enjoy me talking off the rails, you know, without a script. Going freestyle. <laughs> so yeah, hope you have a great week. And I'll see you next time. Bye!